Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. bass drum vibrated through Micah's legs and his heart beat alongside it. He had just the right amount of alcohol to be able to move his hips fluidly without too much stopping him from being able to stand up straight. Well, he thought that at least, and by the amount of people coming to grind up against him, he assumed they thought so too. The nightlife of Hirondale was... lively. Okay, well... Maybe that wasn't the best way to describe it. That was the understatement of the century. Micah had been in clubs all around the island, and the clubs in Hirondale, well, they were some of the best. He never would have anticipated it. He had never been into the city proper before. It had a reputation for being a stuck-up, pompous place, all black-tie evenings and masquerades. And most of the nightlife was, if he was being honest, but... Apparently, word never really got out about the entertainment for the lower-class citizens of the city. It made sense, honestly. No city could run with only the upper class occupying it. You needed people who could run the houses, people who run the shops and the restaurants and clean the streets. And those were the kind of people who partied the hardest and the kind of people that Micah really liked to be around. And maybe the establishments they flocked to weren't the prettiest and weren't the cleanest, but honestly, Micah rarely went to these places for the surroundings. It was the people inside them that made him really feel alive. That was how he found himself in the middle of an underground club, alcohol and music pumping through his veins as he moved on the dance floor. It was a blur of all genders and none, bodies pressed up against him and grinding against him to the rhythm. This was his element, where he was made to be. The music was so loud he could feel it in the beat of his heart, vibrating up through the floor and telling him how to move and when to do it. There were no windows, no clocks in here to tell him what time it was, and the hours blended together. He could have been here for minutes, or days, and he found himself not caring. As long as he was having fun, and as long as the people around him kept moving, he could stay here forever. When his legs started to get tired, he stumbled to the bar, collapsed into an empty seat and ordered another cocktail. All he needed was a short break, and then he'd be back up and dancing again. It must have been some sort of sixth sense which told him which table to look at. The bar was full of beautiful people, but many were already paired off or otherwise accounted for. He supposed it was a small place, and he was fresh meat. Not that he wasn't a fantastic catch, even if he wasn't the newest face in the crowd. Four people sat around the table, looking like they were more here for the alcohol than the dancing. Apparently there weren't many places where people like them could just sit and talk without the noise and chaos of the dance floor so close to them. 
Despite that, they still seem to be having a good time. Sometimes magic was useful like that. A dark-skinned wood elf woman appeared to be in deep conversation with a large half-orc man, with eyes apparently only for each other. Their clothes weren't really the type you would usually see in a club like this, which only gave him more of an idea that this place was for more than just dancing. Sat next to them, half paying attention to the conversation and half glancing about the room, were a human man with a mess of brown hair perched on top of his head, sat across from a pretty air genasi. The air genasi was what caught his eye. She kept glancing over at him with a look that could only mean one thing. Micah couldn't help it. He lived for the attention and he preened under it. Sure, getting into Lynn's bed had been easy, but sometimes he missed being with a woman, and here was someone who looked like she would be into it, too. Usually he would be the one to make the first move. Hell, he couldn't remember the last time he didn't. And he wasn't opposed to approaching the whole group in order to try and get to know her better. But as soon as they made eye contact, she smiled back at the human man with a knowing smirk and stood up to come over to him. You're new around here, she grinned, and Micah immediately stood up to let her sit, but she waved him away. You're fine, but if you wanted to dance... Micah looked her up and down, taking in the floor-length skirt with slits up both legs, and the white crop top that looked like it was made from one long piece of fabric wrapped round and around her chest. He grinned back, wide and bright, before chugging the last of his cocktail and taking her hand. Tired legs be damned, this was too good of an opportunity to pass up. She weaved her way across the floor like she owned the place, and the confidence only made Micah want to stick with her more. They finally arrived at an unoccupied space, somewhere they could be somewhat alone despite the number of people standing around them. She took the lead almost immediately, grabbing hold of his hips and pulling him in close before she started to move. If Micah had been sober, he would have been embarrassed about how much better coordinated his partner was. And then again, if he had been sober, he wouldn't have been stumbling the way that he was. But she more than made up for it, flowing around him in a way he was sure was magical, and rolling her hips in a way that was guaranteed to drive him wild. He let the music move him, but... If he was being honest, there was nothing more he could do than sway from side to side and let her work her magic. So what brings a beautiful man like you to a place like this? He heard a sweet hum more than words, in a tune that told him that this girl really knew how to sing if she wanted to. It was a pretty standard way to cast magic, one that he himself used often enough. The voice emerged in his mind, cutting through the thud of music around them and the chatter of the dance floor. Well, now it made more sense how they were all engaged in conversation over at the table. One eyebrow raised, and after a second he realised that he had never answered her. I live and work up in the Chasso house, he responded with a grin, more than a little proud to show off the work he had managed to secure. And he got what he wanted as well, when she raised an eyebrow back at him over her shoulder. Really? No one has been in that house, it's kind of an urban legend around here. 
Tall, dark and handsome elf living up there all on his own, taking in his male lovers every so often. The sober part of Micah suspected that she was trying to make him feel jealous, but hell, he knew that Lynn had had many lovers in the past, and he couldn't really bring himself to care. If she was waiting for a response, she didn't show it, running her hands down his chest to hold on to his waist as her hips kept up her rhythm. Are you local then? Micah responded in his mind, projecting the words through to her. Born and raised. My friends and I work over at the Ainka Temple. I'm sure you've seen it from the mansion up there. And Micah had. It was a beautiful structure, visible from Lynn's room over the trees. Pillars of gold reaching up to the sky, topped with what looked like molten gold dripping down beautiful shining glass. He had never been inside, but he had been in enough of the beauty-worshipping deities' temples to know roughly what it would look like, and more focused on looks over any sort of function. Maybe you can show me around one day, he asked with a smile, giving her a look that he hoped was seductive even through the amount of alcohol in his system. Of course, she responded, gyrating up against him, which kept his mind shorted out from any rational thought. I can think of something else I would like to show you around first, though. And, okay. Micah was starting to really enjoy this. Sure, the runaround could be fun, but he was worked up enough at this point to really want to move forward faster. You can show me up to your nice mansion, she added, lids half closed and body pressed up against his. And it was tempting. It really was. He'd never slept in a bed as comfortable as the one up in Lynn's house, and he really did enjoy sharing it all the times Lynn had snuck in there with him. But it wasn't his house. He had only been here a few weeks, and bringing someone back felt like he was taking advantage of Lynn's hospitality. It must have shown on his face because the woman in front of him spoke again. Oh, come on. A big house like that? No one will know. I promise I'll be quiet. Micah could do nothing but keep staring at her. Maybe he could be quiet, but then again Lynn seemed to notice everything. He couldn't even get a drink in the middle of the night without Lynn knowing and asking him how he slept in the morning. Adding to that that he really didn't want to be rude, Lynn had been kind enough to let him stay there and just bringing a stranger back seemed to be betraying that kindness. Is there nowhere else we can go? He asked finally, ears ticking down in disappointment. It would be a shame to let a night with this girl go, but he would much rather that than Lynn and Kaelin throw him out. There was a pause for just a second, where the woman's face was hard to read. If she was judging him, it wasn't that apparent, and her hips kept moving against his, so surely he hadn't done something too awful. Sure, she replied after a second, and he breathed a sigh of relief. Her hands found his, and he tugged him back and away from the dance floor. This night was shaping up to be better than he ever could have imagined. Mike awoke in a bed slightly less comfy than the one he had gotten used to sleeping in in the last couple of weeks, with a cool body pressed up against his back. 
Usually he would wriggle away from something so cold in his bed, but he couldn't bring himself to do that right now. It seemed rude after the night that he just had. His brain was thrumming painfully against his skull, beating a rhythm discordant with the one in his chest. It was complete instinct to hum quietly as to not wake the occupant of the bed next to him, a song he remembered from his childhood that probably would have made him better even without the magic he layered underneath it. After he had dealt with a headache from the activities the night before, he lifted his head a little and looked all around the room. If he had to write about it in a song, he would say it was quaint. The entire room was decorated in neutral tones, with one or two things dotted around that showed him that someone actually lived there. It looked like any cookie-cutter room that popped up in temples and universities across the country, and he supposed that it fit with the idea that the girl next to him worked there. The bed was barely big enough for the both of them, which he was swiftly reminded of when the other occupant shifted in her sleep and threw an arm around his waist. Other people in this situation would want to leave as soon as possible, but Micah didn't really care. It was rude more than anything else, and you never knew there could be a chance of a repeat performance if he stayed a little longer. All he had to do was lie back down, close his eyes, and see if he could go back to sleep. He was used to having to sneak out of places in the morning. But with Enka being a goddess of lust and beauty, that meant apparently the temple welcomed people to stay the night. Which, while it was nice not to be judged, did make Micah wonder why they made the damn bed so small. He had been offered a nice breakfast in one of the back alley cafes in town, and damn was Micah not one to turn something like that down. There had been some small talk that morning, of course, but nothing more than what you would conceivably ask a stranger on the bus. But as soon as they sat down, cups of coffee in hand and an order for the largest available breakfast on the way, the conversation inevitably got more personal. So, what do you do up in that big house? She finally asked, taking a sip from her coffee and looking up at him with big pupilless eyes. And Micah had to think about that, mostly because he hadn't really done a lot that was noteworthy. There was the man who had tried to kill Lynn that first time, of course, and the couple of people who had appeared in the house looking for him after that. But apart from just being a glorified bodyguard, he supposed... I'm mostly there for entertainment, he finally settled on. It was true, after all. Lynn had a wealth of instruments that he could play on, but it was more of a perk than an actual job. If he really thought about it, there wasn't really a reason for him to still be there. But that wasn't something you told someone you just met. I play at dinner a lot, but I stick around to practice up there too. The Janassi raised an eyebrow over the table at it, with smirk spreading across her face. Oh, you play? What instruments? Now this... This was what Micah enjoyed talking about. A little bit of everything, actually. Give me an instrument and I promise I can play it. I sing, too, if that helps. My mama said I was born with music in my soul. He had to grab at his tail, forcing it to wrap around his own leg to stop it from swishing and hitting people behind him. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not quite that good, but I've been told I'm a dab hand at a fair few wind instruments. 
Yes, it kind of comes with the territory, but I still play in the temple on big holidays. Micah's ears perked up at that, and his eyes grew wide in curiosity. Oh, really? We should meet up more often. Jam a little. I can play a few wind instruments, but I prefer having my mouth free to sing, you know. The Janassi nodded, winking over at him. I know how talented that mouth of yours is. I'd be happy to let it free so you can sing as much as you want. Micah's smirk could have downed even the most stolid of old gnomes, and he was about to flirt back before a smiling halfling placed their breakfast on the table and headed back to the kitchen. It fell quiet as they ate, for a few moments at least. That was until the Janassi seemed to get curious again. So, is it true? What they say? She asked him with the same barely contained curiosity she seemed to have in all of her other conversations. Micah simply tilted his head in response, genuinely unsure as to what she meant. That he sacrifices people to gain dark magic. He couldn't help it. He had to laugh out loud at that. The idea that the blushing, stammering man up at the mansion could be responsible for dark magic. Lin couldn't even walk up the stairs half the time without falling over. The idea that he had the physical ability that was necessary to sacrifice someone was just... absurd. Where did that rumour come from? He chuckled. Has anyone even seen Lin? He couldn't sacrifice an insect. If she was offended by his outburst, then... She didn't show it. Well, his entire family died out of nowhere, something that not even all of their money could solve. And people just go missing around Hirondale. It would make sense if there was some kind of evil stalker of the night picking them off. And no one would suspect him, so he's the perfect man for the job, she added. And the way she narrowed her eyes slightly told Micah that she didn't quite believe it either. I don't know. Something's fishy, though. He's been seen sneaking around the forest in the middle of the night. Micah thought to himself for a moment. It was true. There were times that Lynn was nowhere to be found in the morning when Caelan and him woke up. There could be a perfectly innocent explanation, of course, but that was boring. What other proof have you got that he's some sort of evil villain stalking the streets? He asked conspiratorially. He was certain it was nothing, but what if he uncovered something big? Gossiping had always been his weakness. Not much. Apart from, one of the old priests said that he gave up worshipping when he was a child, refused to come to the temple anymore. But he's almost the perfect avatar of NK, right? Why give that up if you were born into it, unless he found another, less publicly acceptable god? It was all silly, childish gossip and a childish game. But Micah was, above all else, very childish at heart. Oh, like some sort of a cult? It would explain why he's sneaking around at night, Micah added with a smile. Was he going to go and ask Lynn about it, accusing him of all sorts of evil? No. But 
Was he going to keep an eye out to see whether he could find out more? Of course he was. 